0: Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. So praise God. We're going to go right into the Word here. And we've been talking about a theme over the last few weeks, and it's entitled Abide. And how many have enjoyed this series, Abide? I know I have. It's been life-changing for me, and I believe that, um, that it has for many of you as we've had conversation Um, And so, um, the theme verse that we've been using for this sermon series is is, uh, John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. And the Word of God says this in these verses. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And um, we we talked about what abide means. I'm going to put the definition up here once again uh, for our visitors, or if you just want to be reminded. Abide means to remain stable or fixed. To continue or remain in place. And the reason that we've been... We chose, or I felt in my heart to chose this theme. Or to choose this theme is because my prayer is that the presence of God would abide in this place. And not only in this place, but that, his and his community, but that his presence would abide in our city. And not only in our city, but that his presence would abide in our region. And why do I want that? I want it because I know he wants it. I want it because I know that when he abides in a place there's stability in that place. When uh, when he abides in a place, there's transformation there. When he abides or remains in a place, there's peace, or real peace. There's love, there's provision, there's boldness, there's courage, and there's healing there. And that's why we want him to abide here. Um, And and in that verse, if you could just go back to the verse, towards the end of that verse, Jesus says, he says, whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is, I mean she also, that bears much fruit. And so when he abides somewhere where that place or, or that region or city, whatever it may be, will bear fruit. And so you can put the picture of the fruit again. You many of you saw it last week. But these are tomato plants. And this is I've never seen a tomato plant with this much fruit in my life. In real life, it's a picture. Um but that's a lot of fruit. And, and obviously something is, is a vegetable fruit, you know, just bear with me. But it's bearing much fruit. And that's exactly what God wants your life to reflect. He wants your life to bear much fruit. And, um, and we talked last week about how many times it, it, we, we're not bearing fruit. And, and we even talked about how sometimes we're bearing fruit, and it's not even real fruit. It's plastic fruit. We, we think we're bearing fruit, but it's not what God intended and so in the Spirit, I'm telling you and encouraging you and, and just reminding you, if you didn't know it, that God created you to bear much fruit. But in order to bear much fruit, we have to abide, we have to remain in Him, and that's what He's telling us. And so how, how does this happen? How do, how do we do this? Um, I might jump a couple slides here, so I'll ask the media team to, to bear with me. There's four elements that we're going to talk about. Um, in this series. And the first one we talked about two weeks ago was surrender. Surrender, how we have to surrender to God. Uh, In that surrender, there's something called repentance. When we repent, when we ask for forgiveness, when we acknowledge uh, who He is in our lives and, and then we can move forward, we have to surrender to God. And it's something that we all have to do. And it's something that if you haven't done, you will do at some point, because the Bible tells us very clearly that every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So either we do it now while we're living, or we'll do it at some point, but everybody will confess and surrender to Him at some point. So I tell you not to scare you or threaten you, I tell you that it's better to surrender to Him now than later, right? Because if we surrender to Him now, then we can abide in Him and bear much fruit. And I don't know about you, but I, I really believe that everybody in this room should want to bear much fruit. Does anybody want to bear no fruit? <laughs> I think we all want to, how many want to bear much fruit? Uh, we want to be fruitful? How in fruit? People are like, man, there's something good in that person. There's something that, 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 that's attracting me to the person, it's not necessarily the physical, but the, the, the spiritual portion of that person, I'm attracted to it because they're bearing fruit. A person who bears fruit is very different than most people who are around because most people who are around are not bearing fruit. And even Christians, right? I said it last week, once in my life I wasn't bearing much fruit. I, I was going to church and going through the motions and checking the box. But was I bearing fruit? Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. And, and, and as I move in this journey, I believe that my, my, my life is bearing more fruit. But I also know that God, that there's more fruit to bear. Right? I'm not done. As long as I'm breathing, as long as I'm on this earth and walking on this earth, my purpose is to bear fruit. And the great thing about it, the fruit that I bear will look different than your fruit. We're all unique. And the fruit that God has called you to bear is necessary in his kingdom. He, he created you. In other words, I, I heard the, uh, Pastor Francisco say this this morning. It was powerful. He said, he said um, you are, you, your life is purpose placed in a body. God's purpose placed in a, in a body. It's like, wow, well, that's powerful. You're God's purpose. That's who you are. There's a purpose in you. We walk in this body, but there's a purpose in you that we have to discover. It's unique, and that purpose, I believe, bears unique fruit. All right. So we talked a little bit about surrender a couple weeks ago. Today we're going to talk about something that's really powerful and near and dear to me. It's called humility. Humility. And if you've been part of this church for any any point of time, we talk about humility a lot. Can we just put that slide up there? It says humility, it says, this is the, the first um, definition that I saw, and it says freedom from pride or arrogance, and we talk about freedom in this place, I don't know about y'all, how many want to be living a life of freedom, Amen. Hey, right. free from our sin, free from our shame, free from our guilt, free from our, uh, our confusion, um, and, and so humility brings us freedom from pride or arrogance. And pride, uh, we all struggle with it. We all struggle with pride. Uh, even the, fir- the person who says, you know, I'm not prideful, uh, we all have our moments where we deal with pride. Um, sometimes we become prideful because we've been hurt, right? Sometimes we become prideful because we've been lied to. Sometimes we become prideful because um, it's something, the only thing we can hold on to is our pride. Uh, but, but the Bible consistently talks about humility, And so I want to talk about humility because I believe that that's my journey. Out of all these words, yeah, yeah, I've lived a lot of them, but of of all of these, surrender, obedience, faith, I've lived a lot of that stuff, and there's still more for me to live out. But of all of them, I think the one that has been most impactful for me is humility. Now, humility doesn't come before surrender. First you surrender, and then then you become, then you enter into humility. Um, But I really want to talk about this. What is the opposite of humility? It is selfishness. And um, my wife will tell you when we first got married, I was selfish. And and I still have my moments where I'm selfish. We all, I think, feel, uh, have moments when we're selfish and we we deal with selfishness. But it's the opposite of humility. Selfishness, self-promotion, arrogance, conceited, feeling superior. And all these things come very natural to the human body, to the flesh. To be selfish, to be um, self-promoting, to be arrogant, conceited. These things come natural to the flesh. So it's something that we have to battle all the time. But it's the opposite of humility. So humility, if we just look at an average person, humility is not something that we're striving for. It's not something that when you go to college or, or, or high school that they're saying, You should be striving for humility, right? Now, something that's usually one of our goals or one of our dreams is, what's your goal? To be humble. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I mean, maybe you have. Or maybe you said that, maybe you haven't. I I would think you haven't said that because it's not something, it's not a goal that we're longing for. Um, But I would tell you this, that without humility, you cannot live out your purpose. Without humility, you cannot live out the destiny that God placed in your life. Humility is a key characteristic that, that sometimes seems even far-fetched. Sometimes it feels like I, I don't, I don't want to be humble. I was already humble. I, had, I grew up in a humble place or I had humble beginnings or my family was humble. And it's time for me to get out of that, uh, 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 that, that walk and it's time for me to stand up straight and be prideful of what, what I've done and the accomplishments I've made or the places that I'm going. But, but I'm going to define humility a little different for us today. Um, because humility does not equal weakness. In fact, Jesus, who was the Son of God, he was an enemy of humility. And there was nothing weak in Jesus. The right? Bible, Bible compares him to a lamb. led to, to, to the slaughter. Uh, and he gave himself up in humility, uh, but Jesus was not weak. Jesus was not fearful, and so I want to encourage you to to begin to embrace humility because there's some real power in humility. There's some strength in humility, there's security in humility, there's confidence in humility, and that is for you and that is for me. And that's why we have to do it. In fact, humility, when we walk in humility, we find peace in our hearts. When we walk in humility, we find clarity. Because the Holy Spirit is able to flow through a humble heart. And we need the Holy Spirit to flow through us so that we can see things clearly. So we can see things not as this flesh sees them or as these physical eyes see them, but, but we can see them with spiritual eyes. And in order, order to have a spiritual 2020 vision, there has to be humility in your spirit. When we walk in humility, The Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, He he provides us with hope. Because true humility will always lead you to an open door and to your next victory. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. True humility before God will lead you to your next open door and to your next victory. It comes through humility. Is it painful? Yes. Do people want to do it? No. No. Do I want to do it? No, this flesh does not want to do it. I say, God, you showed me something, I want to get there. And he says, God showed it, but here's the way. The way up the mountain is down the mountain. Right? I'm hoping y'all are getting this today. You know, humility sometimes can be serving or working for someone that you're more capable of. That you have more capability, maybe you have more education, but you find yourself serving or working for someone that you, you probably know how to do it better. And God specifically places you in those positions. God, on purpose, he puts us in situations situation where we're working for someone we're like, this person don't know what they're doing. And, 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 and then all of a sudden everybody around you starts saying, did you notice the boss had it? Yeah. Man, I wouldn't have done it like that. Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't have done it that way. I think there's a better way. But we we, we get in that little group and start talking like that, not understanding that God placed you there. Not to criticize, not to say I could do it better, but to come alongside the person and support them and help them and love them because that takes humility. Amen. I could preach it because I live it. Right? People I work from like what, what are they doing? What, what what are they thinking, right? Like there's, there's a better and more efficient way to do this, but instead of coming alongside of the person, whether they want it or not, sometimes you gotta put somebody who's really hard-headed above you, right? No. Who's stubborn. God, I'm not gonna tell them. They don't even listen. Well, if they don't listen, why don't you pray for them? That's humility, right? And then we 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 keep pointing and saying they're messed up. Not an understanding that God placed you there to not say they're messed up, but how can I help you? Uh, how can we do this better? And so it takes humility to not criticize a person, but come alongside the person and help them even when they don't acknowledge you. That's humility. But that's how we begin to remain in Him. So the humility we're talking about, remember, it's, it's why are we talking about humility? So He would abide with us. Well, we're talking about humility so that he would abide in this place, so he would remain here. And in order for that to happen, we have to begin to live in humility. And there's still areas of our lives where our pride still rules, right? But we still haven't given it up to God. So we need that surrender first and, and in order to begin to walk in humility with him. Humility allows us to understand and shows us who we really are. When we start to walk in humility before God, all of a sudden he starts to show us who we really are. In humility, you start to see some of the defects that your pride, when you're walking in pride, you'll never see. See, because pride blinds you from the real you. That's what it does. So you think the devil, was was the first thing, was the devil, it was his pride. He said, I'm as good as you, God. Look at how good I worship. Right? And he starts telling all the other angels, he's like... He's good, but but I'm good, we're we're good too, right? And what did it do, it blinded him, because that's what pride does, it blinds us. Whereas when we're walking in humility, it reveals to you, and it reveals who we really are, right? And that's why a prideful person can't sometimes see the mess they're in, because they're so prideful. And, And humility looks very different In different times of your journey. And I think this is important that you understand this. So humility doesn't always mean that I'm walking like this. I have an uncle who's like the most humble person I I know. He's very quiet. He passed the church for 30 years. He was the most humble person I know. But he was very quiet. He still is. Always, you know, unassuming. Very humble. And and that that is a a very good good example of humility. But it doesn't always look like that. There's a time in your journey, and in my journey, where humility looks like this. You, you got your head down. This is humility, right? And, and this is a good place to be. And, and I, I, could, I could lay down, because that, that's a sign of humility. But it doesn't always have to look like that. There's a time in your life where that's where you need to be. Right? Because God is killing some pride in it sometimes. Or he's trying to take us to the next level. That could look like humility, but humility also looks like this. Or you stand up straight, in humility, understanding who he is, right? That when you walk in a room, you don't throw yourself on the ground, but you stand up because you're representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in humility, right? So in your journey, there's different, hallelujah, there's different uh, stages of of what humility is going to look like for you, right? And Jesus was the prime example. There was times when he came in the the synagogue and he started throwing some tables around. He did it in humility. But that's what humility looked like at that moment. And then there were some moments when some demon-possessed people came up to him and he, in humility, but in power, set them free. And sometimes humility is going to look like that for you. Because you're not even going to be worthy to do it. But God's going to put you in a situation where you have to take authority right, of that situation in humility, right, and cast that demon out. That's humility, right? So in your journey, and there's sometimes humility looks like you're on the floor for two hours. You just cry before the Lord. And then there's times in the journey where humility looks like authority, like strength. Like I preach to you right now, with authority, right? But in humility, understanding who he is, and then in the in the in the big grand scope of things, I I don't he can use somebody else up here, right? It don't have to be me, right? But in humility, I'm here because because when it's the walking the journey, it, it, it's coming along some, alongside somebody you don't want to come alongside. It, it's it's staying quiet when you want to open your mouth sometimes, right? That's humility. How many with me? Not in I'm just I'm talking about my journey right now. I'm talking about Jesus' journey. There was times in his life, man, when, when humility looked like what? Like this. On a cross, right? Humility. When, when all he had to do was like, I'm coming off this cross. But in humility, he stood there and he withstood it for us, right? And there's times in our journey where we have to take one for the team. Take one for the kingdom. How do we know what that looks like? How do we know what, 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 what is my, I'm looking for the word, What is my posture of humility look like right now, God? Because we're, we're, we're going through different circumstances and everybody in here is in a different place in their journey with God. And we ask, well, God, is my journey on my knees? Is is that what humility looks like? Does it look like like me being on the cross? Is it me being quiet or is it me speaking? What does that look like? This is how you find out what it looks like. As you humble yourself before Him, intimacy begins to happen. See, because the intimacy that I need with the Holy Spirit comes through humility. And as I become intimate with Him, Right? He begins to show me what humility looks like for me right now in this part of my journey. Right? Humility creates an environment of intimacy. More than anything else, if you don't hear nothing else that I say today, know this. God wants intimacy with you. Intimacy. I know my wife just walked out. But I'm going to say something. Once in a while been married 22 years you know? and it hasn't always been easy but it's been it's been a great journey I love my wife you know you may see us and think we're like you know super couple we're not we just gotta be a godly couple right? but I'm gonna say this every once in a while I may come up sneak up on my wife and just kiss her right I like to think that she still gets chills right, right? amen she does that's intimacy right When is the last time we snuck up on the Holy Ghost and gave him a kiss of intimacy? I'm not here to judge you, I'm here to remind you. That's the kind of intimacy that God is looking for. He's looking for time with you. It may be an hour in his presence, it may be an instant in his presence, a moment. It's all about the journey. It's about the journey. But He longs for that intimacy with you more than ever. You know? The Holy Spirit wants us to grow in Him. To grow in Him and to abide in Him. And it takes that intimacy with Him that He begins to lead us and guide us in the path that we're supposed to be. And 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 sometimes, probably, we're not experiencing this intimacy because we're so busy—even busy in ministry sometimes, or even busy uh, checking the box and going to church. And, and I'm not saying I'm not—I'm not trying to uh, scare you. I'm trying to encourage you that God wants more for you; that He wants you to go deeper in Him. So that you can grow, so that you can what? Walk in humility and what? He begins to abide in your life. Because as he begins to abide in your life, your surroundings begin to change. As he begins to abide in your life, your world begins to look different. As you begin, as he begins to abide in your life, all of a sudden you feel strength. All of a sudden you stand up in as you would have never stood up before. All of a sudden you begin to speak according to his word. All of a sudden you begin to impact and influence this world according to your purpose. When we're walking in humility, we're powerful even when we're weak. When we're walking in humility, there's peace. Even in the storm. Hallelujah. A lot of times when we're not able to move forward, when we feel ourselves so stuck in the same place, because there's still pride in our hearts. There's still pride. And everywhere we look, there's prideful people. And and we may look at our family, we may look at work. Everywhere we go, there's just prideful people. we watch TV, it's full of pride. Nobody, not many people humbling themselves. Even when we look in the mirror, if we're honest, sometimes we just see a reflection of pride. I can say this because I've lived it. But James chapter 4, verse 6 through 10, it says this. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves. And as you begin to humble yourself before Him, you begin to realize what a privilege it is. To humble yourself before him. It says humble yourselves and then when you do that, what? You resist the devil and he flees from you. Come close to God and God comes close to you. Wash our hands, sinners. Purify our hearts. It says for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears, verse verse 9. It says, let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. I want you to lift me up. I don't know if you want Him to lift me up. Can we give Him a louder hand wrap in this house today? Lord, would you lift us up, God? Would you teach us, Lord, how to humble ourselves? How to walk? humility before an all-powerful God. Hallelujah. Love chapter 10. Verse 10, it says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. God wants to do that in your life. God wants to do that in your life. In this process, we cannot skip humility. We can't skip that part. As we begin to do it, if you don't know how to do it, you begin to tell him, Lord, how do I humble myself? Help me to humble myself. Show me what that looks like. And he begins to abide. If we we say that prayer with all our hearts, he begins to reveal those things that are still wrong in us. And it leads, that humility leads us to repentance. Hallelujah. And that repentance allows us to walk hand in hand hand with God, with the Holy Spirit, in humility. It allows you and me to go ask a brother or sister for forgiveness, even when they did something to hurt us. That takes humility. How many know what I'm talking about? When they hurt me but I go ask for forgiveness. Pride is the thing that gets in the way. Pride is the thing that doesn't give you freedom to do that. But in humility, as you're able to do that, and you go, and even though I didn't do nothing wrong to my wife, or if I did something wrong to her, I go ask for forgiveness, right? Or another brother or sister takes humility. It takes humility to be able to do that. Praise God. It is that humility that will lead you to your purpose. I'm going to end with just a powerful verse that I, I just believe that uh, is really the one of the verses that just the Lord put in my heart a, a few months ago. It's Isaiah 57, 15. I've shared it, I'm sure. Isaiah 57, 15. I'm not sure if you have it up there. If you don't, I'll just read it. It says, The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, about God, the Holy One says this. He says, I live in the high and holy place, with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Here's the all-powerful God saying, I'm all-powerful, I've got the most beautiful throne up here in heaven, but I will abide with those who have a humble spirit. He goes on to say in this verse, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. And I want to be revived, I want to be restored in my own spirit. And I believe you do too. I don't think there's anybody in here who doesn't want to be revived and restored today, this morning. Well, he's looking for a humble heart. Church, can we just stand? I live in the high and holy place with, with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Contrite is just broken before me. It says, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble, revive the courage of those with a repentant heart. Church, we just close our eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, we honor you and your Holy Spirit in this place today, Lord. Even in the midst, Lord, of our shame, our guilt, Lord, our pride, Lord, we take a moment right now to acknowledge you as the source of our purpose and our destiny. Holy Spirit of God, I pray, God, you would invade, Lord, every cell in our bodies today, God. That you would invade, Lord, our our, our thoughts, God, and our hearts, Lord. Lord, that you would, Lord, begin to create a a humble heart, Lord, in our spirits. Holy Spirit of God, we're nothing, we do nothing, we go nowhere without you, Holy Spirit. So we invite you today, Lord, to have your way in our, in our lives, Lord, in our hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Of Nazareth, we pray. That name above all names. Amen. And today we just keep our eyes closed just for another moment. I'm just going to challenge you. So today, if you've never received Jesus or if you've been far from him and you know it, every every eye is closed. I'm going to count to three. And if if you're ready and you say, man, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to begin to discover my purpose and my destiny. It's time that I I acknowledge some of the pride in my heart. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three. You're just going to raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand where you are. Amen. god bless you god bless you, god bless, you. God bless you church can we just raise our hands with that with them all of us i'm going to say a prayer together Jesus i need you in my life more than ever i don't want to go forward without you i need you forgive me for all the things that I've done for you, others, and myself, create a new heart, a humble heart, in my spirit, and help me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give a hand? <laughs> someone says that. Prayer with us. A- with a, with a true heart, that, that there's a celebration in heaven, so there should be a celebration up in this place. And today, before we leave, if you need prayer, we want, want prayer, and, or if you said that prayer for the first time, you want somebody to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and come forward, and no one's going to hurt you, no we just want to pray with you. So if you need prayer, if you need healing, if you're going through a situation where you uh, you, you feel alone, or if you, you want to just give them some pride, today. you want to leave some pride at this altar, you want to leave here step in towards humility, I'm going to ask you to come forward as, as we would love to pray for you today. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.